You're listening to The Preppy Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia May Marish, and I'll be interviewing the brands, businesses, and influencers who are keeping the modern preppy lifestyle alive. Each Tuesday, I'll bring you a new episode, but if you're craving more preppy, then shop the merch at thepreppypodcast.com and follow at The Preppy Podcast on social media. If you're like me, then you probably have been loving the new Dillard's influencer collabs that they've been doing. So today I'm super excited to talk with Anne-Marie Dillard of Dillard's. We are going to talk all about how those collabs come to be, a little bit about her background as well, and everything in between. I got the chance to meet Anne-Marie at the Southern Sea a few months ago, and I just fell in love with her style and she's so kind and um, welcoming to other businesswomen and supportive. So I think you guys are going to really enjoy this episode as I'm sure many of you are Dillard shoppers as well. All right. So why don't you let everyone know who you are, where you live and what you do? Hi, I'm Anne-Marie Dillard-Jazik. I am the vice president of e-commerce and digital marketing for Dillard's. Um, I live in Little Rock, Arkansas, and I'm a huge fan of the South and uh, so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. So I want to start from the beginning. Um, So what was your childhood like? Were you always playing around the stores, the Dillard stores? Did you grow up watching your family um, have their entrepreneurial spirit and that inspired you? Like, what, What was it like being a kid? Yeah, we did. We spent a lot of time in the stores. We spent a lot of time accompanying my father to various commitments that he had. And I always look back so fondly at all of those memories. Um, Back then, my dad really worked seven days a week. He, my grandfather, my aunts and uncles, um, you know, they were there all the time. Um, So some Sundays, my dad would take us to the office and we would play around and my sisters and I were always very creative. So we would always take the backs off of his notepads and we would design shoes out of them. So we would color them and then we would take rubber bands and like fix them on our, attach them to our feet like a sandal and decorate them. And then, um, you know, we, we spent a lot of time going to shoe markets and, um, we would, we would go to the stores and play hide and seek in the, um, in the clothing racks. And yes, definitely was fortunate to spend a lot of time growing up in the store, um, at markets, um, at the office, um, watching our parents and my grandfather, um, their generations really lead the company. So it was, it was really a fun childhood and, exciting and interesting. And I think I thought it was so normal at the time, but maybe it was kind of different than a lot of other people. No, I love that. I feel like that's every girl's dream is to be able to play hide and seek in a department store. <laughs> I think even if you didn't grow up in a in the department store family, you probably played hide and seek in the clothing racks. I still see kids Definitely. do it when I'm visiting our stores and it just really is nostalgic to witness other children doing that still and kind of hiding from their parents in the middle of the rack and coming out and 
and scaring people. And it's just, it's adorable. I love watching children do that. <laughs> that is so cute. And that sounds like such a fun childhood. I feel like, um, you know, parents have different ways of ra- raising their kids and some people kind of have a babysitter take them and some take them along for the ride and have them be part of the business and watch all of that. So I think that that sounds like a really cool upbringing. You probably learned a lot then from getting to go to markets and um, being, you know, in the stores and absorbing it all. I'm sure it inspired you later. Absolutely. I definitely do. So when it came time uh, for college then, where and what did you end up studying? Was it, you know, something to do with retail or marketing and was it in the South or somewhere else? So I went to the University of Southern California and I was in the Marshall School of Business. Um, And I took emphasis classes in entrepreneurship, finance, marketing, and, you know, really studied business. It wasn't fashion specific or retail specific, Mm -hmm. but I think it was a great base um, for doing anything in business. And um, I really loved my time in Los Angeles and in California. I saw a different part of the country, met so many wonderful friends, learned so much. Um, and uh, I, I really appreciated the opportunity to go to a school like that because it was it was a great experience. Definitely. I'm sure that's probably so different than where you grew up too. And so why did you end up picking going out to California? Was that just always a dream or was, you know, it ended up you getting into the business school there, which led to it or? Um, yeah. was- there were a few factors. Well, first I, I do look back and even think, cause I'm back in Arkansas now. I lived in California for about 12, 13 years. And you know, I, I look back and think, wow, as a young, you know, 16, 17 year old, when I decided I wanted to go to USC in Los Angeles from Little Rock, Arkansas, it really was quite a precocious move. Um, <laughs> and first off, I, I really kind of wanted to experience life somewhere else just because I'd grown up in Arkansas. I was born in Texas and, um, you know, I just wanted to see a different part of the United States. Um, we had the fortune of being able to travel and experience different parts with my parents visiting stores or for going on vacations or um, riding horses. And I just really loved California. I thought it had great weather. And then when I started learning about schools, um, I realized what a wonderful college USC was and specifically how wonderful their business school was. And then on top of it, the entrepreneurship program um, was especially key. Um, I got an early admission um, into a program called the Marshall Partners. And so I got admitted directly into the business school. And that definitely sealed the deal for for going to USC for me. And it really turned out to be just the perfect place for me. Um, so I guess I was I was very fortunate that it, all the stars aligned and I had the opportunity to go to such a wonderful university. No, that sounds awesome. I'm sure it was fun being out in California too and seeing, you know, even just different styles of fashion and um, yes. the weather you can't beat, obviously. <laughs> yes. And from a fashion perspective, you know, back then, Los Angeles and New York, that was the that was the place to be for from a fashion perspective. It was traditionally always New York, but Los Angeles had really emerged as a leader at that time. You know, when I was in California, that's when the premium denim craze happened. That's when this kind of California dressing really impacted the fashion world. Um, and there were so many things that were so 
hot based in LA, BCBG, which is where mm-hmm. one of the first places I worked, that was based there. And that was, you know, the coolest, the coolest brand at the time. So a lot of that was going on in LA too. So it, it definitely was the place to be for me. Yeah, no, I'm sure that was so cool to be there at, during that time, like we just talked about, with all those cool brands that were up and coming back then. Um, what's something then during your time in college that you learned that you still use today? You know, USC was always really big on the importance of making connections and networking and um, keeping those relationships. And that's something they always talked about. And I think at first I didn't understand the value in that. And then as I continue in my career, I see what they were saying. And I thought that was a really important message to drive home and integrity and, um, you know, having a good reputation, it precedes you and, um, you know, being somebody other people enjoy working with and partnering with, that was something that was always very important, um, and impressed upon us as students in the Marshall School. And that that has stuck with me largely. Um, so I think networking is so important. Obviously, I got to meet you at the Southern Sea. Um, yes. So I think any business, you know, obviously can benefit from networking and meeting new people and keeping those connections going. Yeah, absolutely. So what was your first career then? Was it BCBG that you touched on or um, what was it and sort of what was that journey well, like there? Yeah. So I interned in college um, for BCBG and then I would intern for Dillard's as well. Kind of one would be in the summers, you know, full time and then one would be part time during school. Um, but right after I graduated, my sister and I, um, I have a twin sister. Her name's Alexandra. And um, she went to SMU in, in Dallas, so we were not together in college. But we um, we moved to China for a little bit. It wasn't oh. for a super prolonged period of time, but we lived in China. And we had the incredible experience of learning about manufacturing, sourcing, global trade um, in, in at a time when globalization and um, outsourcing uh, production was really moving to China. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were really kind of on the precipice, the forefront of that movement. And it was an, a fascinating experience. We um, spent time in Hong Kong, um, Beijing, um, Guan, Guangdong, um, and we actually lived in one of the factories. And when I say that, people are like, wow, what is that like? But it was a, it was a really nice factory. These factories were almost like little cities that had kind of a hotel, if you will. And, and it had a restaurant, a canteen there. So, um, it was incredible. We got to learn about the complexities of actually making products and getting those products to our stores. And I think that's something that is just so vital to understand being a retailer you know, how complicated it is from the farming, growing the fibers, spinning those fibers into a yarn, weaving those into a fabric, cutting, sewing, um, all the machinery, uh, how the design process works, how how detailed it is to match the colors exactly. Um, we learned so much. We got to go to machine shows, fabric shows, leather um, factories, learned about tanning, 
dyeing, processing, um, manufacturing, obviously, and then importing and duties and trade was a very big conversation at that time. Um, it still is today. Uh, so it was a fascinating experience. So that was the very first thing that I did when I graduated. Um, again, I had interned throughout college mm-hmm. um, and then went to work full-time for BCBG, uh, Max Azria. Um, so that was my first real job. Wow. For, yeah. That, I mean, that sounds like such an experience with knowledge that it's just invaluable, like to know all of that and to be part of it at that time, you know, when it was just getting started, moving things over uh, to China. I feel like that could have been just such a cool experience. Yes. And again, just I think everyone needs that appreciation of the complexity mm-hmm. of what it re- really is to make clothing. Definitely. Um, make apparel, shoes, everything. It's it's very complex and so many moving parts and to understand what that timeline looks like and uh, what that process really is. And I think it helps know the value behind the product too then. Um, so my background, I, I'm a publicist, obviously, and I kind of focus with jewelry and clothing brands. And I have a degree in fashion um, merchandising too, because I wanted to know sort of what goes behind the scenes uh, with the brands that I work with. And, you know, in those classes, we had to take apparel construction design and um, flat pattern and all of that. And it just makes me appreciate, you know, A, what my clients do, but also, you know, why you're spending a little bit more sometimes on a garment um, versus another one. So I'm totally there with you. Absolutely. And it also taught me that I am not good at all at actually making garments myself. I I was shocked how hard it was just to sew a straight line. (laughs) No, definitely. (laughs) <laughs> and these people are just so talented, These, the people that work in these factories and how they can just zip through, zip through, zip through, and just keep doing it so quickly and so accurately. It's really impressive. The talent that goes into it as well, I think that sometimes it's taken for granted. These people are really specialized in what they do. They have a really defined skill set, um, and it's not simple. You look at it, and it, they make it look easy, and it is not easy. Yep, 100%. Okay, so when and why did you decide to join Dillard's and you know be part of the family business? Yeah, so so went to work full time for BCBG after um, being in China, and um, I did a few different things for them. I worked in their showroom on the sale and sales, kind of understanding how that worked wholesale sales. I worked um, in visual merchandising, which was just wonderful because they had such talented leaders in visual merchandising. Um, at the time that had really, honestly, I think if you could go back in time and look at how stores were merchandised prior to to a lot of their impact and how they are now, they they really were very influential in current merchandising strategies. So got to learn from some just incredible talent there. And then I worked in buying, which was the most similar to um, what I've done since. So buying, merchandising, and, and that's really on the number side. People always think, oh, buying, it's so glamorous. It's so fun. You're at market, you're just picking things and you're you're just deciding what's cool and what you love and what's exciting, but that's not it. Buying really is, the majority of that job is, is financial. It's very analytical um, and it's not that glamour that I think it's sometimes perceived as the majority of the time. It's, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's a very, very... Um, 
quant quantitative type of job. Um, so I got to, I had the fortune of being able to do that at BCBG where they had an, uh, some, some people that just really, um, taught me a lot. So Ben Malka, he was the president at the time. Um, and Max himself, they were great partners to Dillard's at the time that I was working at BCBG, they were launching shop and shops at Dillard's. Um, so we actually, it was, it was again, pretty revolutionary at the time we were launching leased spaces of BCBG Max Azria shops within Dillard's. Um, and so there was even a separate buying team that was buying specifically for the product that was going to be in Dillard's, but it was operated by BCBG. So I was on the buying side there. And after a couple of years at BCBG, you know, I felt ready that I had really learned and absorbed a lot from, from the wonderful people there and just their incredible talent. Um, and I was ready to kind of bring a lot of that knowledge back to Dillard's. So I went to work full-time for Dillard's in our Los Angeles office. At the time we had a um, buying and sourcing office in California, in Los Angeles. Um, so I went over there and uh, yeah, that's that's how I got back to Dillard's. That's awesome. And I feel like you've talked about so many great experiences that you've had at BCBG that kind of prepped you and um, got you ready for Dillard's too and what you do today. Yes, absolutely. It was it was a wonderful company. It was so much fun. And Max's wife, Luba, she was the creative director at the time. And I mean, she's still somebody that I admire and look up to. And um, a lot of their contacts and their partners, you know, have been partners of Dillard's as well. And so meeting um, just all these wonderful people um, that have taken different career paths and, and we all end up congregating at a market or in some kind of a meeting. And we all came from BCBG and had that foundation from that company. So I think it really was a really special place at the time. And I'm grateful that I was, you know, again, in Los Angeles and had the opportunity to work there. Mm -hmm, for sure. So can you tell us a little bit about Dillard's history? I know obviously it's a, your family um, has started it and been part of it. So, you know, just a little rundown for listeners who might not be as familiar. I know up here um, in Pennsylvania, we don't really have that many Dillard's near us, but I've always been a Dillard's fan. And um, whenever I visit my family in South Carolina, or obviously I shop a lot online with Dillard's, but tell me a little bit about when it was started and um, just a brief history and then your role to Today. Sure. So thank you for shopping at Dillard's. It it truly means so much to hear those stories and to hear people say that it's it's a store they always visit. And and we also love hearing the family connection, you know, that you go when you visit your family. And um it's it's just an honor to hear that you shop at Dillard's and that you have a, a fond image of our store. And thank you for doing that. Um Dillard's was founded in 1938 by uh, my grandfather. Uh, William Dillard in a small town of Nashville, Arkansas. Um, that's where my grandmother was from, Alexa. And they really um, operated the store side by side. He was clearly the visionary and the leader, and she was right there alongside of him. Um, over the years, Dillard's has grown through expansion and acquisition to currently having over 280 stores in 29 states. Wow. Um, it now does about six in 2021 did $6.5 billion in annual sales. Um, and I always just admire and I, I revere that, that my grandfather could have started such a fashion oriented retail business 
from a tiny town in Arkansas. I mean, he was a small town boy born in Mineral Springs, Arkansas, and he built a large scale fashion retailer. And I, I just always look back and admire that. Um, so my grandfather had five children. Um, all five of his children work for Dillard's today. Um, Dillard's is a public company. So while our family is, um, very much involved, we are there every day, you know, all day operating, um, in a lot of regards, it's, it is a public company and we have a lot of talented team members. It is by no means, um, only run by Dillard's. We have, again, just wonderful, talented team members that, um, really help to operate and run this company today. And, um, so I'm, I'm, uh, one of those, one of the team, one of the many team members and I, uh, oversee our e-commerce and digital marketing businesses. That's amazing. And, um, I, I just love that you guys are all still part of it and the history and like what you said, your uh, grandfather to start this business from being from a small town and seeing what it is today. is just so inspiring. I feel like for anyone listening or anyone that has a business to dream big like that. Agreed. And something must be in the water here in Arkansas because everyone will always say, oh, you're in retail in Arkansas. You know, and they always immediately think of Walmart, but, um, and I'm like, oh, we're the, we're the other, we're the other retailer here. <laughs> but that was incredible too. I mean, Sam Walton, Bentonville, Arkansas, the biggest retailer in the world was started in Bentonville, Arkansas, which is a tiny little town in Northwest Arkansas. And I, I do think whenever you think something's insurmountable, you look at some of these stories and it's like, they did it. Yeah. And you can too, you know. Yeah, exactly. Towns and a state that would maybe be one of the last places you would you would pin as a fashion-forward retail. Definitely, I love that. Uh, so, what's a typical day look like for you then, um, with your position then at Dillard's? My days are very unpredictable. Um, it really depends on what I'm doing. Um, I know I keep mentioning e-commerce digital marketing, but I also oversee um, some of our contemporary buying as well. So I could be at market in California, or Texas, or Atlanta. I could be at a fascinating technology conference, learning about the latest and greatest in e-commerce. Um, other times I'm visiting with our customer service teams um, in our warehouses, understanding what challenges or opportunities there might be um, and how we can better serve our customers' needs. Uh, some days I have nonstop meetings. Uh, some days I have time to focus on analyzing reports and really thinking about strategically what our next steps should be. So I wish I had a typical day, <laughs> but I don't. And I kind of like it. I think that's what keeps me on my toes and um, keeps everything interesting. Definitely. I love that. I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs, they wear many hats. And so it's cool to hear, you know, even a public company like Dillard's, you get to, you know, wear a lot of hats and every day is different and fun and interesting. Absolutely. So what would you say is the most challenging or hardest part about what you do, you know, business and career wise? So kind of this works well off that last question, but we live in an incredibly dynamic world where during an incredibly dynamic period in time. I think when we look back at this time, um, we're going to really see this as almost like an industrial revolution in, in ways. Things are changing at such an incredibly fast pace. Um, and I think that that never-ending change and just this utter resistance to stagnation is really inspiring and exciting. But at times, that can be exhausting and grueling as well. 
So I would say the biggest challenge is keeping up with that incredibly fast-paced environment. Um, it's a challenge, but it's also the most exciting and rewarding part of my job. Um, so that's that's what I would say. No, yeah, that that makes sense. It is. I mean, I think it will be cool to look back, you know, 50, 100 years from now in history books and um, what what they'll say about this time because I, I'm there with you. I think, you know, there's so many things changing and happening and um, opportunities and growth for business these days that it's kind of wild. It is. It's, you know, I think it was, it was busy, you know, ever since I came to the, the world of e-commerce. I mean, th- my husband says the internet never sleeps. It is open 24 yeah. seven and yeah. I have worked every hour of the day, night, every holiday, Christmas time at midnight, New Year's day. I mean, you never know. Yeah. The internet doesn't sleep and that's, <laughs> that's a real game changer. You know, stores were not physically open prior to the internet 24 hours a day. Yeah. So I, I, I think that that, again, it's exciting, it's invigorating, but it's also, it never sleeps. Internet never sleeps. Um, So on the flip side to that question then, what would you say is the most rewarding part or your favorite part? That's a good question. I mean, I, I love working with my family. I don't know if that's of course, You're that's a great course, answer. Right? Yeah. I feel like it's a it's a real blessing to be able to learn so much from my grandfather, from my father, from my uncles and aunts, to work alongside my sisters, uh, my cousins. Um, I do feel like that is so incredibly rewarding. Um, you know, at times there's not a clear delineation between business and family because we're always talking about it and it's always kind of intertwined in our conversations at dinner, Christmas dinner, Thanksgiving dinner. Inevitably there's a conversation that comes up about some shoe or some trend or some brand, (laughs) but it's also so rewarding and wonderful to be able to work with your family. Um, So I'm, I'm very grateful for that. And yeah, that's great that you get to answer you're looking for, but no, I love that, that you get to share that, you know, with your family and, um, you know, then it makes spending time with them a little easier too. Obviously, you don't want to talk about work all the time, but you know, when you have to, then at least you're doing it with people you love, right? Yes, absolutely. So Dillard's has remained relevant and growing, um, you know, with all of this growth in technology and um, uh, just so many changes like we just talked about. And I know you guys have been um, working with a lot of influencers on design collaborations and even your social media presence. Um, so can you speak about some of this and uh, maybe how these influencer design collaborations came to be or the process behind that or the thought process even? Yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much for saying that. We have worked very hard on these um, collaborations and uh, I appreciate your kind words about it because we, we always want to put our best foot forward. And it's gl- it's really wonderful to see that somebody in Pennsylvania has <laughs> been made aware of these collaborations because we're working really hard to reach new customers, new audiences with some of these. Um, I think overall, I would say our work is really never done. We're always trying to trying to make it better and better. So um what I would let me let me start with these collaborations with my role in these really comes in at the end. The buying and merchant teams are really the ones who work for many months. 
um, to procure the designers or the influencers that we're going to work with. Um, it's, it's often, it's well over a year that the identification starts, that the relationship gets created. Um, and then once we do identify those partners, they really want to get to know them, to understand their style, what inspires them. They work together to pick fabrics and silhouettes. They create mood boards together. Um, then it works into making a sample line. Um, they narrow the selection from those vast amounts of samples that they create. Um, they work on individualized branding and marketing. Um, and inevitably, we finally place an order, but that can take at least a year. Um, and I think something that we really want to show with these collaborations is they truly are the ideas and thoughts and the brand of the influencer. We're trying to kind of be a conduit and a place where we can bring that dream to reality and actually commercialize and, and, and produce their dreams. Um, but we really do want these to be unique to that partner. Um, so I think it's, it's, that's why it takes so long to really partner and understand what this capsule collection is going to be and how it's going to differentiate itself from everything else we have. And I really think that's something that our buying teams have, have really nailed, um, is, is that authenticity. You know, it's not, they're coming into the brand and kind of making or, or cherry picking their favorite things. They are genuinely creating from the in initiation of the conversation, a defined, distinctive product assortment. So my team comes in kind of at the end, you know, um, mm -hmm. after the products have been ordered, um, then they kind of hand them over to us and we prep it for launching it on our website um, and presenting the line, you know, in the same manner that that branding um, ethos kind of went into place. You know, how do we present this line in a way that really identifies with that brand of that um, influencer or, or designer, whoever we're, we're partnering with? Mm -hmm. So then we work on planning the marketing on our website, social platforms with all of our different marketing partners. Um, our team's responsible for the moment that it all goes live, the exact launch time. How do we amplify that launch? Um, and how do we market it post-launch uh, with access across digital opportunities? Uh, we do Instagram live interviews, social media takeovers, you know, anything we can to really push the awareness of these lines. Um, but we're always open to new ideas to make them better. And I think every time we improve just a little bit on the last time and it's, it's never going to be perfect because we always want to make it better. Um, but that that's I hope that gives you a good illustration of what the process looks like. No, it definitely does. And you guys do such a good job with that. I think all of the influ influencer collabs I've bought something from, actually. Um, like with Courtney's, I bought something and Born on Fifth and um, Nicola. Obviously, I love hers always. Um, so like you said, the fact that you know, you catch my attention here in Pennsylvania with those. Um, I think you guys are doing a great job. And I have to say one of my favorite things that you guys do with these is the little line sheet that helps you plan the buy. Um, yes. I love that you release that ahead of time that I can be like, okay, well, like this is that much or, you know, I, it helps me in my head figure out what I want to buy and like prioritize. <laughs> I'm really glad to hear you say that. I We will keep doing it. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I like that feedback. Definitely. Um, 
So since this is the Preppy Podcast, I always ask everyone, what does Preppy mean to you? So how would you describe Preppy in these modern days? So Preppy to me really means timeless. It's classic. It's sophisticated. I think oftentimes it's associated with the South, but I don't think that necessarily has to be the case. I think that um, the South has always kind of embraced this timeless classic sophistication. And you hear about Southern bells, but there are Southern bells everywhere. Um, I'm just from the South. So, you know, a lot of times I feel like sometimes we claim preppy, but it's, it's, it's a sensibility. I think um, people that stick to a preppy wardrobe, they have less cringeworthy moments when they look at photos <laughs> down the road than somebody who always follows the latest trends. Um, I think that some of the brands that capture the preppy attitude um, are iconic. And I think the most, one of the most important American designers ever is the epitome of, of preppy. Um, and that's Ralph Lauren. Yeah. And I think he has such an unparalleled aesthetic that really stands the test of time. So I think preppy is something that's classic that stands the test of time. And it always looks sophisticated and on point and, uh, Again, I, I think it's a great way to be. It's a great way to dress. I love that answer, and those examples were excellent. Um, I know you get to travel often, obviously, for work, but then, of course, for pleasure, too. So where's one of your favorite places to travel, and then where's somewhere on your bucket list? There are There's so many wonderful places <laughs> to travel. It's really hard for me to pick. Um, and there's so many things I haven't seen, so I always – want to try new things, but I, Colorado is very near and dear to our hearts. Um, I think it's a beautiful state. We've spent a lot of time there as a family. Um, so I think it's, it's gorgeous and it's relaxing and it's, it's, it's just, there's so many things to do there. So I would say domestically, I just love Colorado. Um, I feel like every direction I look there, I'm in a painting and I, sometimes just say to myself, like, is this real? Is this place real? Because it <laughs> looks like a 360 painting. So I, I do love Colorado. Um, bucket list. Yeah. There's a lot of places I want to see. My husband is Canadian. So I've always wanted to visit the Western half of Canada and really explore more of Canada because it too looks like a, a beautiful country. Mm -hmm. And Australia and New Zealand also look incredible. I have not been able to go there yet, but they're they look amazing and they're just kind of far away. So I've had yeah. the time, unfortunately. I know. That's a long flight. <laughs> yes. Um, what's your favorite piece on the Dillard's website right now? I know it's probably like picking a favorite child, but right now, what are you kind of gravitating towards? Okay. Yes. I cannot pick just one. I cannot. <laughs> I cannot. There are too many. But I'll tell you a few that I absolutely love. So the Nicola Bothy collection, which is the most recent clothing collaboration we launched, I am obsessed with the Florence and the Halley dresses. Uh, they look like these beautiful wallpaper-inspired prints and these deep, rich colors. I just think they're so perfect for holiday. My um, dresses are like on a truck, and I'm tracking them every minute right now until they <laughs> get here. I'm like, please come tomorrow. I just can't wait. They're gorgeous. I love the necklines on both of them. I think mm -hmm. they're so flattering. Um, I really love the Shelby. I think it's gorgeous too from that same collection. I also think these make great Christmas card dresses. Yes. Courtney Grow, I love the Seville. I just think that that top is just it's so flattering. Mm -hmm. Um, the Aster and the Delphine, just incredible too. Um, 
shoes. I love the Nicola Bothy Claire and Liz feather shoes. I'm a little bit of a peacock sometimes. My sisters <laughs> always laugh at me, but I think that a feather shoe with like a chic dress, it just is the right amount of fun and it's not yeah. too much. I like the Sam Edelman Highland. So something that's not private label. I really like that Highland velvet um, shoe right now. I also think it's like just a little bit of fun, but, and then I, I love Antonio Milani Nola. It's a flat, but it's got these two bows on it. And I keep changing into it after store visits. Cause when we go on store visits, we have to walk 20,000 steps. Sometimes I always am tracking my steps and I, in heels, it really hurts. So I love to swap into that shoe because it still looks chic, but it gives my feet a little bit of a break. Um, but I do, we do curate all of our very favorite items um, on Dillard's in a section called the edit. So again, I cannot pick one. There's just, it's no, it's not possible for me. <laughs> Honestly, today it's this, tomorrow it's that. That's why I love fashion and I love product and it's exciting and inspiring. So I can't pick one. Sorry. <laughs> that was impressive though, being able to list all those names and their complicated oh, yeah. names. <laughs> yes. We, we all in our business, I think we really know some of these bestsellers and some of these dresses for years. I mean, I can remember when I was a child going to market with my dad and him talking about this shoe from Enzo <laughs> Angolini called the Liberty. And they talk about the Liberty still, or Steve Madden had one called the Slinky in the nineties. And I mean, you still remember the names of these things. So I think that's part of being in the retail trade. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Yes. Um, where, what would you recommend um, in terms of business advice or inspiration that people could check out, whether it's, you know, a great book on business or a website that you look at um, every day or a blog, like what's something that you go to for business advice? Well, I read the Wall Street Journal every morning. Um, I do like CNBC. So, you know, I think they're kind of the traditional standard mm -hmm. advice, but I think something that I always like to say here is actually my children's books have really given me inspiration because I read to them every night. And I think some of the morals and the lessons learned in the children's books are very easily digestible and really empowering. I love the little engine that could. Mm -hmm. um, and my son, sometimes he'll just out of nowhere start saying, I think I can, I think I can. Oh. And I just love that. It almost brings tears to my eyes because I think some of those messages that are easy to grasp and understand and conceptualize and and apply to whatever you're doing and whatever you're trying to to accomplish sometimes things seem insurmountable and those little books can give you the motivation that you need so i really try to like absorb what i'm reading in the children's books sometimes i love the tortoise and the hare slow and steady wins the race um you know i think that um while yes i get my news absolutely from, you know, business books and um, biographies and, um, you know, CNBC, Wall Street Journal, all, all the usual suspects. I, I do think that actually some of the easiest messages just come from the most unexpected places. Um, I love that answer. I don't think I've ever heard anything like that. And I, I agree though. I could see how you can still use those lessons today. And um, as adults, I feel like sometimes we forget those. And especially in business, people can be mean and forget their manners and kindness. So it's always good to be reminded. <laughs> yes. 
Um, what's next for you and Dillard's? Is there anything maybe you can um, give us a, a save the date for something that's yeah. coming up? Oh, we are never sitting still at Dillard's. We are <laughs> moving forward full steam ahead. Um, actually, tomorrow we are launching another incredible collaboration with Mrs. Southern Social, Mary Huddleston. She's from Nashville. She's hilarious if you do not follow her or don't know about her. She's also an incredibly talented um, entertainer. Mm -hmm. And um, we have a Southern Living Mrs. Southern Social launch tomorrow. Um, So that is super exciting. It is all about holiday and Christmas decor, and it will get you in the mood. It is classic. And you know what? I think it's perfectly preppy. Yeah. Um, Classic. It is colorful. It is, it just, it will make you start singing the Christmas carols (laughs) tomorrow. So that's exciting. We're also launching um, a mini collection on Wednesday with Sella Jane and a line called Splendid that we carry. Um, There is a capsule that's specifically only curated and produced solely for Dillard's. And then there's a bigger launch that she has for the whole brand. So we'll have both. So that's really exciting. This month we're launching, um, and we have some pieces in already, but another collaboration with Pearly Gates, who is this incredible West Texas artist who makes these gorgeous watercolor um, patterns and they are custom just for Dillard. So it's Pearly Gates, Edge Hill Collection, and they are perfect for Christmas. So dresses and little pajama sets. And then for 2023, I mean, we have it stacked. Like it is unbelievable. I mean, every time we get a new collaboration, I think, oh, it just can't get any better. It just (laughs) can't get any better. And then I'm seeing, you know, what is coming for 2023. And we are expanding the collaborations into our Gianni Benny line, um, which is a little bit younger than Antonio Milani. It's, um, so exciting. We've got Vanita Aspen from the Carolinas and yes. Natalie Steen of the Nat Note. She's going to be part of Antonio Milani. We've got Jen Sunko. We have so many exciting things. So it just, it's just proliferating and <laughs> it's, it's thrilling. I can't wait. And I got to see a little sneak peek of the Nat Notes collection. When she was at the Southern Sea, she was wearing a piece. So um, I'm so excited for that one, especially. It's very, she has such a wonderful, unexpected sense of pairings Mm -hmm. that I think is so defining of her brand and really differentiated. I mean, it's, you really don't see anything like it. It's, it's truly unique, but I'm, trust me, they're all incredible. I've, (laughs) I was at market and got to see Vanita Aspen a few months ago and it was so exciting and so colorful, just all of them. And then Jen Sumko, I've seen some of hers they were already sampling and she was doing the curation for. And I, I mean, I wish I could have them all today. It's just, it's so exciting. Our, our teams have done an incredible job um, making these brands come to life. Definitely. Oh my gosh. Well, there's lots to look forward to. So my final question is where can people follow along with you or Dillard's um, share, obviously, you know, the website URL to shop, but social media handles, that sort of thing. Absolutely. We would love to see everybody all over the country, all in Pennsylvania, wearing (laughs) Dillard's clothing. We are at Dillard's.com on Instagram. You can follow us at Dillard's. Um, And then we do, like I said, have this little edit, this little section of the website where 
Uh, my sisters and I kind of curate our, our fav- personal favorite things across the website. Um, it's called the edit by D3. And then there's a, a little Instagram that goes along with that. Just at Anne Marie, Alexandra, Michelle, that's our three names. Um, so would love for you to follow us there as well, but we would be honored to see everybody wearing Dillard's clothing and supporting some of these awesome collaborations. And thank you for this wonderful opportunity to let us share, uh, it, about these these exciting products and and new launches that we have. We are so appreciative of the opportunity to speak to your audience and um, this wonderful exposure that you've given us. So thank you very much. Of course, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to the Preppy Podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast and follow along with at the Preppy Podcast on social media. 